0: Chapter Four of the New Swiss Family Robinson A Tale for Children of All Ages by Owen Wister. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four Our Proposed New Abode The Iguana The Boilstone Some time after our interesting and instructive adventure with the monkeys in the forest my dear children earnestly begged me to give them an account of those animals their habits and their peculiarities which i gladly did father you know everything said my little franz i hastened to assure the child that i did not know everything by any means in which the rest of my beloved family heartily agreed with me i was pleased to see this pleasant spirit of unanimity in our little company and we cheerily pursued our way through the forest we found a great many useful and wholesome vegetables which we ate in large quantities seating ourselves beneath the luxuriant shade of the bandana tree the food we did not eat my brave wife put into her bag for pickles and preserves Among other tropical fruits and vegetables, we found many acres of yum-yums and several fine specimens of jim-jams. The latter had always been a great favorite with us at home, where we had often had them. As we wandered along, culling a coconut here and a gourd there, we came into a rocky enclosure, quadrilateral in shape. Many massive groups of rock stood all around it, forming the sides most of these were red but one was white and very beautiful on it the centuries had written their records which we read with interest the blessing of providence was bestowed on some one but we could not make out who for the rock was damp and these great truths of nature indistinct therefore in this enclosure grew many tall and beautiful trees one of these seemed to please my dear wife particularly it was a beech tree growing in a slight depression of the ground and lifting itself gracefully upwards oh if we could cease sleeping upon the cold ground and live up there said my wife i laughed gaily at her pleasantry but she said she meant it my dear i began do you not see she continued eagerly an elephant cannot climb a tree nor can many other fierce beasts who would crush us if they trod upon us while we were sleeping on the ground we should be safe from them at any rate if the tree is hollow and will permit an inside staircase i will consider the matter i replied i then bade ernest test the tree and see whether it were hollow this he did with some ingenuity knocking his head repeatedly against the gigantic trunk. A hollow sound was the immediate result. "'Then we are saved!' exclaimed my dear wife. "'Are you sure, my son?' I asked, that it is the tree which is making this hollow sound, and not your head." The lad assured me with tears in his eyes that it was the tree so we continued our way, determining to return on the morrow and begin work. I marked the spot by tying a pocket-handkerchief to a small but omy bush that grew near the spot. We had not proceeded many rods before Fritz, who was in advance of our little party, came rushing back, shouting, "'A crocodile, father! A crocodile!' ha <laughs> Ha! laughed franz the idea of a land crocodile i peremptorily ordered the boy to cease his idle gibing for the animal i continued which your good brother fritz has mistaken for a crocodile is no less than an iguana or giant lizard and so your heedless laughter is ill-timed we saw the animal fast asleep in the sun jack snatching some salt out of my wife's bag approached the iguana come back my son the iguana cannot be captured in that manner we must use gentler means are you going to kiss it father asked fritz with a grin i tried to chide the boy for his impertinence but failing i began operations on the iguana i bade my brave wife take her stand on the grassy mead and begin to dance, slowly at first, and then increasing in rapidity. Meanwhile I formed the rest of my dear family in a line, one behind the other, and told them to imitate my movements. Out of my wife's bag I took a trumpet, an accordion, a flute, and a triangle. These I gave to Fritz, Jack, Ernest, and Franz, respectively. This done, I placed myself at the head of the precious little party, and, adopting a quaint but graceful step, I approached the iguana slowly, humming Sullivan's lost chord in a low, sweet voice. The animal moved uneasily in its slumber. Pleased with this symptom, I quickened my step and sang a chorus from Wagner's goethe The animal relaxed its stern expression at the sweet melody, and was evidently dreaming about us. I again quickened my step, and drew nearer, singing, I arise from dreams of thee, to some music of my own composition. This thoroughly aroused the animal, who allowed a smile to play over its rugged features. Never have I beheld so affecting an expression as this poor beast betrayed. Changing the tune, I sang, Baby Mine. The iguana was now showing signs of distress, and it was evident that the pathos of my melody aroused its sympathies. When Baby Mine was finished, summoning all my strength, I began, Empty is the cradle, Baby's gone. But it was too much. With a strong convulsion of grief, the animal turned on its side and was overcome by choking sobs. Being assured that we had him now, I went up and dried his eyes, encouraging him to get up and walk. But this was impossible, so we carried him away, and as we went the woods re-echoed to his wails. I was very glad to have been able to show this experiment to my dear children. The power of music over savage natures, I said, is very remarkable. I was once passing by the cage of a tiger and happened to be singing rather sweetly. I heard a noise and was just in time to elude the paw which the grateful animal had offered me. We now approached a large gray pile of granite, into which a cave led. A capital place, I said, to store gunpowder, should we discover any, in the island. A gurgling brook ran down the rock, so I named it Boilstone Cave. Inside we could see many stalactites hanging. Fritz, with his usual rashness, rushed in, and was immediately overcome by the blast of chemical mephitic air which escaped from a side recess in the cave. "'We must get it out, at any rate,' I said. My brave wife immediately produced a dynamite bomb from her bag, and I handed it to my eldest son Fritz, bidding him go in and blow up the recess. "'Is it not dangerous, father?' he inquired." not at all my son i would do it myself only i notice that your mother wants to show me something and i cannot keep her waiting as my son entered the cave and began arranging the bomb and pouring water into the cup which was to hold it i withdrew to a distance and watched him with the affectionate zeal that only a father knows very soon a loud report was heard and the dangerous mephitic cavern was no more. On my asking for Fritz, my brave wife produced him safe and sound from her miraculous bag, where he had been blown by the force of the explosion. With renewed thankfulness, we went to rest, ready to begin work on our tree-home the next day. End of chapter 4